0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And as they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, have you seen the news lately? You may not want to. The war in Ukraine continues with needless bloodshed. There have been more mass shootings this year than there have been days. And across the world, people are punished for crimes they didn't commit while the guilty go free. Sometimes it feels like darkness perpetually hangs over our world. And if all we process each day is our newsfeed, it looks like the darkness is winning. And yet, when we come to the Scriptures, when we come before Christ, we see that darkness will never have the last word. In our passage this morning, Jesus has just calmed the storm on the sea, and he has arrived on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And it's here we see him come face to face with another form of darkness, where he will show his power. A man runs to Jesus and falls at his feet. And so begins a scene that is more horror movie than it is Hallmark movie. This guy's got an unclean spirit. He's demon-possessed. Now, as Christians, we believe in unseen realities that are spiritual, that, though we don't see, are no less real than what we see, with angels and demons and, of course, God, who is sovereign over all things. These demons are ruining this man's life. He lives among the tombs, which means he's surrounded by death. And society has cast him out. He can't be subdued by anyone because he has this extraordinary amount of strength. uh, Maybe because the demons are hyping up his adrenaline or they're doing something supernatural there. Either way, they're occupying his body and life like alien invaders. He cries out he harms himself. He's miserable. And that's what Satan and his demons always do. They seek to bring death instead of life. They seek to keep people imprisoned by darkness and lies instead of free in Christ. And this man can't free himself. He needs someone more powerful than these demons to rescue him. Now, before we go further, I want to just make three really quick points. Number one, mental illness is not demon possession. Say it with me. Mental illness is not demon possession. You guys are so not enthusiastic this morning. (laughs) Being depressed, um, dealing with an anxiety disorder, dealing with self-harm. That does not mean that someone is demon-possessed. Uh, that does mean it's important to talk to a friend or a family member uh, and quite possibly a medical professional to talk through those things Um, but that is not demon possession so i want want us to understand that mental illness is not demon possession number two uh, christians cannot be possessed by demons because we already belong to someone else we already belong to christ and so if you've ever seen a movie like the exorcist and thought what if that happens to me Well, you don't have to worry because if you've trusted in Christ, it will never happen to you. And then number three, our focus should always be on Jesus rather than becoming overly fixated on things like demons. The focus in this story is on Jesus. So the man sees Jesus and he runs to him. And he has to fall down at his feet because Jesus is more powerful than these demons. And the demons recognize him. They say, "What do you have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God?" And it's clear that they're afraid of Jesus, because he's got a request for Jesus. I adjure you by God, do not torment me. Basically, in the name of God, don't hurt me." Really? Like, really? Never mind that I've just been tormenting this person's life, for God knows how many years. Don't hurt me. Seriously? And then we discover that it's not just one unclean spirit, but it's many inside of this guy. Um, Legion is a term for uh, 6,000 Roman troops. Now, we don't know if that's meant to be taken literally, that this guy had literally 6,000 demons or just a lot, but the point is he is trapped in deep darkness, and notice that it doesn't say it's his fault. And so the Spirit begs Jesus to let them go into the herd of pigs nearby when they come out of the man. Now, this is the weird part of the story. Let's just acknowledge this. I remember reading this story for the first time as a kid and thinking, well, that is interesting. Jesus has authority over all forms of darkness, so the demons cannot, cannot overcome him. They have to leave the man because he's told them they have to. They have to ask permission to go somewhere else they have to submit to them. And so Jesus grants the request, they enter the pigs, and they run the pigs off the hillside to their death. Why? Because that's what Satan and his demons do. They bring chaos and death and harm in any way they can. If they can't harm the man, they will harm the livestock. Now the herdsmen see their 2,000 dead pigs, I mean, it's a little obvious, And they go to tell everyone what happened. Now, these men, since they're herding pigs, are clearly not Jewish. Uh, They're most likely non-Jews because uh, Jews and pigs did not mix. It was against uh, Old Testament law. And so these are probably some of the many Gentiles living in the area at the time. And when the people come and they see Jesus and and the man who is out of his mind, suddenly in his right mind, they freak out. And then they hear the story and they beg Jesus to leave. Probably because they're worried that, well, more livestock are going to get killed if Jesus stays. Never mind that it wasn't his fault that that happened. They're more concerned with getting Jesus to leave than they are with celebrating that this broken man has been made whole. They, like many in the Gospel of Mark, do not acknowledge who Jesus is. They care more about their comfort than the Lord who just had mercy on this man. And while they beg Jesus to leave, the man begs to be with Jesus. You see, his life's been transformed. He wants to follow Jesus. But Jesus says no. And that's not because Jesus is mean. It's because Jesus has a mission for him. He says, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. First off, look at how beautiful this is. The guy can go home now. He can go be with his friends. His life has been restored. And Jesus tells him, share what God has done for you. What a witness of the power of God will his story be? No one can deny who he was before and who he is. And so the man obeys. He becomes one of the first missionaries. And it says he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. And so Jesus delivered this man from deep darkness. He was a man filled with darkness, living in a world of darkness, seemingly hopeless. But darkness didn't win, because Christ stepped on the scene. And what we want to understand then from this passage is that Jesus is the light that shines in our darkness. As Christians, we know that he has saved us from the darkness and power of sin, death, and Satan, where we have been brought near to God and we will never be cast out because of Jesus' death and resurrection. He came to free us from darkness hold on us and bring us into his kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has saved us in our hopeless estate and reconciled us with God. And so we can rejoice with that because not even the deepest darkness of our shame or our sin or our situation can keep him from us. And if you question if that's true this morning, just look at the story. Because if Jesus can do it for him, he certainly can do it for us. You may feel hopeless, but there is always hope in Jesus. Second thing, Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness of our world. Jesus hasn't stopped bringing light into darkness. Just because many things are going awfully and terribly in our world and horrible things are happening doesn't mean Jesus has stopped working. Whether it's working in the darkness of an awful situation where he brings his help, hope, and comfort, or whether it's the darkness we continue to see Throughout the world, we may not always have answers for why, but we have this good news. The world may be full of darkness, but people are still coming to faith in Christ. He is still walking with his people through thick and thin. He is still doing amazing things in people's lives. In Jesus, we can even find joy in the midst of sorrow and pain because he still brings light in the midst of darkness. Now, very few people can claim to have lived in as much darkness as a man named Yasir. Uh, Dr. Carol Kaminsky describes his story, and I'll be quoting from her a little bit. Um, He grew up in Sudan. He was a devout Muslim, and he and his friends despised Christians. They saw them as the enemy. As they were at school, they happened to especially hate a boy named Zechariah. He was a Christian, and they despised him. And so one day they took him, they beat him severely to the point of death, and left him for dead. Many years later, Yesir became a Christian. God brought him out of his darkness and even called him to become a pastor. And one day, he's sharing his testimony at a conference and sees that there's a man crying in the audience. And so later, when he's finished, he goes up to the man and asks him why he's crying. And he notices that one of the man's eyes is blind and his body is clearly disfigured. And the man says to him, I'm Zechariah, who you beat and left for dead 25 years ago. I've been praying that you would become a Christian these 25 years. And then he opens his Bible and shows him where he's written Zechariah's name because he'd been praying for him. And Yasser thought, what kind of religion is this that an enemy like this could love someone like that? These aren't the stories we hear on the news because they're not going to cause us to panic. God is still working. God is still working. Just because the world appears dark doesn't mean God has stopped working. And the fact of the matter is that the darkness loses when Christians live as Christ would have us live. When we allow Jesus to work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' light shines when we, like the formerly demon-possessed man, Follow Jesus' command to tell others how God has had mercy on us, sharing our story of how God has worked in our lives, and inviting them to know him as well. Because how else do people move from darkness to light if we don't share the gospel? Jesus' light shines when we seek to ease someone's suffering in his name. It can be as simple as giving a person a ride to the doctor, donating time or money to a food pantry, Offering to spend time with someone as they recover from a surgery. Helping someone with home repairs who can't afford them. Or listening and grieving alongside someone in the midst of their tragedy. And through this, showing and telling them about who Jesus is and how he is there and how he can be there for them in their situation. Jesus' light shines when we advocate for those in need. When we pray for them, but we also take action for them on their behalf. Helping someone struggling to find the best health care. Helping someone figure out how to deal with uh, finding food when they're dealing with uh, a lot of low income. Helping someone who's been wronged find true justice. Jesus' light shines when we obey his teaching, when we love our enemies when we choose to forgive rather than hold on to our hurt. Jesus' light shines when the church walks in the unity of the truth of the gospel, supporting one another, praying for our community, and welcoming those who do not yet know him. The unity of very different people coming together under the banner of their love for Christ is a powerful witness to our very divided world. Jesus' light shines when we show people there is more hope than they'd ever imagined in this dark world, because Jesus has come. And finally, darkness doesn't win. Jesus does. When you watch a movie or you read a book, you don't know how it's going to end. Is it going to be a happy ending? Is it going to be a sad ending? Does the hero win? Does the villain win? when will justice be done we we don't know yet but we know how our story ends we've got the end of the book jesus is coming to fulfill his promises to bring the fullness of his kingdom in a new heaven and a new earth and when he does there will be justice for evil evil and suffering will be no more The world will be set right, and we who trust in him will dwell in his presence forever. And so no matter how bad the world or even our individual lives get at any moment, it doesn't end in darkness. For all who trust in Christ, the darkness doesn't win. He does. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that even though there is deep pain and hurt throughout our world and in our lives, that darkness doesn't win, that you have overcome the darkness. You have told us that in the world we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Help us to hold on to your promises, to hold on to your truth as we face the darkness in our world and help us in all that we say and do to let your light shine through us so that others may know you too. In Jesus' name, amen.